Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. The year was 520 BC. The Jews have just returned home after spending 70 years in slavery in Babylon. God had punished the Jews because of their idolatry. Well, now finally they get to come back to their homeland of Israel. And now that they're home, they start rebuilding their houses. But the temple of God lies in ruins. So God sends them a prophet by the name of Haggai and says, Jews, you're putting second things first. You need to rebuild the temple and put first things first, then see what God will do. So what I want to ask you to do is take out your Bible, turn to a very short book of the Bible in the Old Testament called the book of Haggai, and let us learn all that we can. Maybe you're doing the same thing the Jews did, and maybe I am too. It's easy to let second things become first. Let's learn how to put first things first. Let's pray first. God, we do pray that you forgive us the way we just become obsessed with stupid, unimportant things. Help us, Lord. Learn now to put first things first. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Haggai chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. Thus says the Lord of hosts, this people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of God, the temple. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house, the temple, lies in ruins? Here's the first lesson. Beware of putting second things first. Here's an older man that said to me, you know, Pastor Brock, through the years, I put my family first, I put my job first, but now I see that's wrong. How do I put God first? And my basic response was, read your Bible daily, pray every day, get into church every week, but you're going to have to make some changes to put God first. Are you putting second things first? Do you remember the mom from the Brady, Brunch, Brady Bunch Florence Henderson, she's turned 80 years old. Big article, uh, interview with her about how great it is she's having sex at age 80. And nothing's wrong with that, except she's not married. But she talks in this interview about how, how great the sex is with her partner. And then she makes the, the statement, and I don't have just one partner. I'm thinking, Florence, uh, well, she's putting second sinful things first. But do you remember the maid Alice on the Brady Bunch? Her name was Ann B. Davis. After the Brady Bunch, she became a very strong Christian. Actually, she lived with the bishop and his wife in Colorado. She, she was in Bible study. She led a very Christ-centered life the rest of her life. My question for you is, are you putting second things, even sinful things, before the Lord? Let me tell you why that's not a smart thing to do. It's the next verse. Why you don't put second things first. Look at verse 5. 
Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider how you Jews have fared. You have sown much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, and you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them in a bag with holes. So why don't you put second things first? Because you, help, you hurt yourself if you put God second. The Jews hadn't put God first, and so they were feeling it financially. And if you put God second in your life, you can feel it emotionally, you can feel it physically, you can feel it financially, spiritually, but you hurt you when you put God second. And what's the first thing God tells them to do? Look at uh, uh, verse 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider how you have fared. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house, the temple that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may appear in my glory, says the Lord. The first thing God tells them to do, build my house. Build God's house. So I was at a garage sale, and I'm looking through the junk, and I'm hearing Christian music being played. And I notice there's Christian books and, and stuff, and here's the mom giving the garage sale, talking to the little girl about the Lord and Christian tapes and everything. You know what that mom is doing? She's building God's house into her house. Are you doing that? Let me ask you, Grandma and Grandpa, Mom and Dad, do you ever talk to your grandkids, your kids about God? Do you have devotions with your kids? Do you pray with your kids? Are you building God's house into your house? I, I, I knew this missionary couple. They were living in a small, tiny apartment because they were about to dedicate their lives to Christ and they needed to do that temporarily, they were willing to forsake their own house to build God's house. First thing God says is to build my house. So let me ask you this. Are you doing that? Do you go to God's house? Do you regularly attend a good Bible preaching church? And when you go, are you trying to build that house? Do you give money to the church? You give money to missions, you spend time, talents, your, your, your time building God's house. That's how you put God first. Let's look at verse 10. Therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought upon the land and the hills, upon the grain, the new wine, the oil, upon the ground, what the ground brings forth upon men and cattle and upon all their labors. Here's the next lesson. God judges a nation which forgets him. God withheld rain from the Jews because they forgot him. Can we talk about the United States of America? We have lots of premarital sex in the United States. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, fornicators won't go to heaven. If you're having sex outside of marriage, that is huge. We've got lots of abortion in America. Now we've got gay marriage. America is the producer for pornography worldwide. You, we have all this, we've forgotten God, and now what do we have? We have school shootings, we have terrorists blowing up buildings, and I think it's because God has taken his hand of protection off of the United States, and when you forget the Lord, you get what you get, and we're getting it. Well, there's good news. The people here, Haggai, preach, and they repent, and they start building the temple. And let's look at chapter 2, verse 18. 
Consider from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider, is the seed yet in the barn? Do the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree still yield nothing? From this day on, says the Lord, I will bless you. And, and here's the last lesson. You bless yourself when you put God first. The Jews started rebuilding the temple, and all of a sudden, things were going well. <laughs> you know, um, this is my confirmation Bible. I got this when I was 13 years old from Grandma and Grandpa. And when I was 13, I started reading my Bible every day. Still do. When I got into high school, and my friends were getting drunk on the weekends, I couldn't bring myself to do that. And why? I think it's because I was reading my Bible. Some of my friends really got messed up and have had horrible adult lives, but you know, you bless you when you put God first. I'll close with this. You've heard of Dr. Livingston, I presume. David Livingston in the 1800s was a missionary doctor from England. He went into the heart of Africa and preached the gospel. Very famous man. They had to try to find him. They finally found him kneeling next to his bed. He died in England. They brought his body, excuse me, he died in, in, in Africa. They brought his body back from Africa to England, had a huge Victorian funeral, front page news. Dr. Livingston is found, he's dead, but his funeral, etc. Well, David Livingston have a, had a brother by the name of John Livingston. John Livingston moved to Canada and became one of the wealthiest men in Canada. But when he died, all that it said in the newspaper was, John Livingston died, comma, brother of famous missionary, period. <laughs> and here's my point. You can put money first and make that be your big deal and die. Or you can put God first and have eternal benefits and results from your life. The question I want to ask you today is, what do you need to do to put God first so you're blessing yourself and blessing others? And what am I putting first that's hurting me and that's hurting others? Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Can you explain minor prophets and we have major prophets? Yes. So The Old Testament has what's called the major prophets, the big, longer books. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Then they have these real short books called the minor prophets, like Haggai, Obadiah, Nahum. And that's all that that means, major and minor, versus, regarding the length. Just the length is what yeah. made them minor? Right, not, not that they're less the important. That they yeah, it's not that they're less important. <laughs> so when did Haggai and the minor prophets prophesied. Yeah, that would have been, you know, uh, let's see, I think Isaiah, which is a major prophet, he was in the 700s B.C., and, these, and like Hag Haggai was like 500 B.C., so in between about 800 to 400 or so B.C. is when you have all the prophets preaching. To Some preached to northern Israel, some preached to southern Israel, which is called Judah, and that was the time period for the prophets. So what was their main message at no. that time? You know, the Jews kept going back to idolatry. And they almost always worshipped Jehovah God, but then they'd add 
Baal and Asherah and they'd worship these other gods, which, and God is a jealous God and it bothered God. And finally, after years of patience, God finally spanked the northern kingdom, Israel, and they were carried off into captivity 722 BC by Assyria and never came back. And then in 586 B.C., he brought in the Babylonians to take Judah, southern kingdom, to Babylon. They came back after 70 years. But their main message was, time to repent of your idolatry. So did the Jews listen to their message? You know, that's, you, know you, read, you read, for instance, Jackie, the book of Kings in the Old Testament. They'll have a good king that follows the Lord, and the people will follow the Lord. Then they'll have an evil king, and they'll follow Baal and Asherah. And then the next king would be good. They went back and forth for a few hundred years. Where in the Old Testament, or I guess maybe I better rephrase that, what eventually happened to the Old Testament Jews? The Old Testament Jews came back uh, in, in uh, the late 500s from, yeah, late 500s from, or yeah, late 500, about we'll say 520 BC, they come back from Babylon. They're Jews again in their own country again, and they were in their own country, uh, sometimes ruled by foreign powers, but they were wiped out in 70 AD when the Romans came in and destroyed Jerusalem and scattered to the winds until 1948 when they became a country again. Uh, You've seen the movie Exodus, that's all about 1948 after World War II, they came back as a nation. Okay, what are some of the most important Old Testament prophecies? Mm -hmm. I would put right at the top Isaiah 53, again written about 700 BC, talking about this person coming and bearing our sins. Another one I would put near the top is Psalm 22, written by King David around 1000 BC. talks about this man having his hands and feet pierced for us. That was hundreds of years before they even had crucifixion, but it's a prophecy of the crucifixion of Christ. So read Psalm 22, read Isaiah 53, very, some of the more spectacular um, prophecies of the coming of Christ. Do you believe that America is going to receive God's judgment? I think it's already here, Jackie. We've got, you know, when you and I were little, lots of people went to church. And, of course, the Lutheran church would not bless abortion or homosexual behavior. Today, Jackie, the largest Lutheran church in the the country, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, pays for abortions with offering dollars. Do you know what the EL, and they promote homosexuality now? You can have a practicing homosexual pastor. But Jackie, do you know what was in the news last week? The ELCA Lutheran Church has decided they're going to pay for sex change operations with offering dollars. A man who's a man who thinks is a woman, they'll pay for, uh, for your, your offering dollars, they'll pay to have him castrated. That is so evil. You know, even with all the stuff about transgenderism in the news these days, do you know that the secular John Hopkins Medical Center, they won't do those operations anymore because of how thoroughly they mess people up. And, and Renee Richards, do you remember the, the male tennis player who became Renee Richards tennis player? He, I'm still going to call him he, he has said that that was a stupid decision on his part. So, and, the, and the ELC is not going to pay for him. How evil. So Jackie, God's judgment is not only on America, it's on the church. When churches, and you know the good news is, the, the ELC Lutheran Church is shrinking. And these churches that are abandoning scriptures are shrinking. The churches that follow the Bible are growing. So, 
what about the Christians who are following what God wants them to do? In, in other countries, they're missionaries to people who have never heard of the gospel and that. And some of them are losing their lives. They're being yeah. beheaded and everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're being persecuted. Why is God allowing that? Right. I mean, the, the main point of the sermon you just heard was, if you put God first, you'll be blessed. And you hurt yourself if you don't put God first. And the question is, well, what about these Christians in Saudi Arabia that are putting God first and are being beheaded? Well, they are being blessed. Because, Jackie, when they die... They go straight to heaven. <laughs> so either in this life or the next, it's still true. You put God first, you're going to be blessed for it. But what can we as Christians for, do for these yeah. people that are being... Yep, I want to encourage everybody to uh, uh, Google persecution.org and you will, get, or, uh, you will get International Christians Concerned. You'll get a magazine every month for free that'll tell you all that's happening to the Christians overseas. It's heartbreaking, but then there's tremendous stories of how Muslims are being saved in certain parts of the world, and if we had enough of Islam. And, and, and you get that, you, they'll tell you how to pray if you want to send them. I, I get, that's one place I give my money, Jackie, because they help the wives and the widows and the, the orphans of these Christians that have been killed. That's a great place to put your money. So persecution.org, get the magazine for free. Okay, and then in light of what you've preached today and that, would you explain to me and to our audience who some of the modern-day false prophets might be? Yeah, the, the false prophets during the Jewish days were the people telling them, you can worship Jehovah and Baal and Ashtoreth. We have people doing that today in the Christian church. Do you know um, uh, the United Church of Christ is very liberal? And so there's one in Omaha, and I looked, went to their website. Oh, Jackie. It says right on their website, we believe Jesus is our gate to the divine, but we believe other people that have other gates or realms to the divine also are in the truth. And that no religion, their point is, all religions lead to God. Christians have their view, it's our, but Buddha, Muhammad, uh, you know, uh, Shiva, they'll all lead to the same place. That's the Old Testament. Um, uh, uh, heresy back again. And, and again, those are the churches that are shrinking, and they should. But, Tom, how, why are people falling into going to those types of good, churches? Good I mean, what's, what's well, you know, changing? I'm, you know, you and I were at Hope Lutheran Church for many, many years. That's your whole church for your whole life. It took us years to get out of the ELC Lutheran Church. And some of the battle was people who you know, had children in the ministry and they didn't want to lose, leave their mother church and they couldn't bring them. And, you know, I don't quite get it. Uh, you know, we hung in there and we did get out. Hallelujah. But listen, if you've been going to the same church for 50 years, I know it's hard to leave your family and your friends and find a better church. But do you still want to give money to a church that pays for abortions? Come on. There comes a time when you have to finally get up and find a better church. But you have people today that are following TV evangelists yeah. and doing things with their money to support those ministries, yeah. and yeah. yet you're saying these people are wrong. Well, some of the TV preachers, 
<laughs> some of the TV preachers are on target, and some of the TV preachers are, you know, Jackie, I won't say the name, but, you know, you send money to our ministry, you're going to be healed of your cancer. Absolute baloney. And so you just got to be careful and make sure you, and here's, here's my 10 cents, Jackie. Everybody should go to a church, and their tithe, their 10% of their income, should go to their church and go to their missions. But the offerings above and beyond the time can be sent to me. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're very frugal financially. Almost all the money you send in goes to buy airtime because we're run by volunteers. I'm the only one that gets paid, and it ain't much, but it's more than enough for little old me. So just, you know, you, you find some ministries that you know are preaching the gospel. And uh, beware of people that are selling snake oil in the name of Jesus. Um, you talked about family devotions being important. Have you got any ideas to yeah. share with how does one start sure. having family devotions you know, if they're not doing it or you, give you, us some good suggestions? Yeah. You know, let's say you pretty much never pray with your kids or never read the Bible to them or you're a grandparent and you know what you do? You go to the Christian bookstore, depends how old your kids are. You know what I found at a Christian bookstore that I would have loved as a kid? The entire Bible in comic book form. I would have loved that. And you just pick three pages and read it to, to Susie or Jimmy. And you know, depending, but go to a Christian bookstore. There's lots of good daily devotional booklets that you can read a one page a day to your kids. And it does, you know, just see what happens. God will bless it. But you know, Tom, a comic book of the Bible is fine, but isn't that trying to replace the old fashion values of what the Bible really is? Well, not really, Jackie, because you and I were raised on Engelmeyer's Bible storybook. You remember this? Because yes. you, you were raised on that, and so was I, and beautiful pictures in that book. This one just has a lot more pictures. <laughs> That's the only difference, I think. That's my opinion. But the language in the comic book Bible is true to form? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I, I'd have to look at it again. I, I'll tell you, I don't like the living Bible. It takes so many liberties that it's ridiculous. So you got to be careful. But um, What other Bible versions don't you like? Well, listen, I love the New American Standard Bible. I love the English Standard Version. I don't like these ver these Bibles that, like the living, ver living Bible, that just add stuff that's not in there. You want a good, conservative, literal Bible translation. Again, it's the New American Standard Bible or the English Standard Version. Okay, back to the Holy Spirit, which was a show we did a little bit ago. Does the Holy Spirit still speak through people? Mm -hmm. Was one of the questions mm -hmm. that came up. Mm -hmm. I think he does. And, uh, but you've got to be careful because Joseph Smith, founder of Mormonism, said the Holy Spirit was speaking through him, as did some of these other cult leaders. So just, just I think God, the Holy Spirit, still does speak through people, but make sure you're reading your Bible yourself every day so you can spot a $3 bill. Yeah. Okay, we talked a little bit about Christ's second coming. Mm -hmm. um, do you think the second coming is near? I don't know. I just don't know. I think the problem is Christians have thought that for 2,000 years. It's always safe to live like it's near. And in one sense, it always is near because when you die, you're going to see Christ. <laughs> so in that sense, but is the literal second coming when he comes down in the clouds and ends the world, is that near? I don't know. Have we done everything that, or has everything happened that's supposed to happen? Um, the way I understand Revel excuse me, Romans chapter 11, 
there'll be a conversion of many Jews to Christ before the end. I don't know that we've seen that. Okay. So I think when you see lots of Jews becoming Christians, I think that's a sign we're nearing the end. Yeah. And we've talked about the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. Is there any way that we'll know who the Antichrist is? I would say read Revelation chapter 13, I think. Read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Those are the two chapters that talk the most about this person who's going to come at the end of time, who's going to proclaim himself as God, who's going to lead many people astray. They're going to take his sign on their forehead, forehand, and, and uh, then Christ comes at the second coming and wipes him out. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Revelation chapter 13. Where did the Antichrist come from? He wasn't created by God, was he? he you know, he'll be, an, he'll be a human. It's not, the Antichrist is not the devil. The Antichrist will be an evil human leader who could be alive today for all we know. Okay, well that's... L Luther thought it was the Pope. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. So. With all the disasters that are occurring in America, is God causing these? Well, the book of Micah says, if a disaster comes against a city, has not the Lord done it? And then, you know, in, in Exodus chapter 4, Moses is standing before the burning bush, and God says, go down and preach to the Jews. And Moses says, I, I don't preach very well. I want you to send, here am I, send Aaron. And God says, who makes man deaf, dumb, seeing, or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And in, that, in those verses, God is the one that makes seeing people. He makes blind people. God is the one, if a disaster comes, has not the Lord done it? So I... I think the Lord's in control of everything. I think the disasters on the, on the violence and shootings and terrorism now that America is experiencing, I think God is saying, okay, you don't want me, you get Islam. This has been happening in Europe for years. You know, Holland used to be a Christian nation many years ago. Now they have many Muslims there. They've had a lot of violence. I think it's God saying, if you don't want me, you get Islam. But. What can Christians do to combat it? Uh, well, I think, first of all, we have to be willing to suffer. And if they tell me as a pastor, you have to marry a gay couple or you're guilty of discrimination, I would say, then I guess I go to jail. That We be, need to be willing to suffer. Okay. Who is... Who rules hell? You know, uh, first of all, hell isn't here yet. Uh, hell comes when the devil and the false prophet and his followers are thrown into the lake of fire at the end of time. You know, think, people think the devil is a red man with horns and a pitchfork. That's nowhere in the Bible. He's real, but it never says what he looks like. And people think the devil rules over hell. Uh, I, the devil, it never says the devil rules over hell. My guess, Satan will have the lowest rung in hell because of his, his activity. So uh, right now it says Satan is ro ro uh, roaming about on our planet seeking whom he will to devour. Thanks for being with us this week. We pray that God would grant you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. <laughs>